Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pop Culture University, where we talk about what is going on in pop culture and see what we can learn from it, what life lessons we can extract for our own lives. I'm your host, Patty Eminger. You may know me as Patty Pop Culture from TikTok. If it's your first time here, thank you so much for coming, joining the class. You are so welcome. Take a seat wherever you would like. If it is not your first time here, thank you so much for coming back. I love you. I stand you. I'm in your fandom. You guys, this week I did the messiest thing. I don't know about you, but my sleep schedule is so messed up from my recent vacation and then the fact that I work online and everything. So I go to the gym really late. Sometimes I'll even be at the gym by myself at like one in the morning. I know it sounds crazy, but it's peaceful. No one is there. I can wear my little short shorts and listen to my gay music and not feel like I'm going to get hate crimed. But I did the dumbest thing and I didn't even take my own advice that I was talking about on this show. One of the life lessons that we learned and that was that I put on my story. I took a photo of me alone at the gym, posted it immediately with the caption. I love going to the gym late at night. No one else is here and I have the freedom to do whatever I want. I can get on any machine. Do you know how dumb that is? five minutes after I was like what am I thinking I just told anyone who lives near me that I am at this gym put a photo of the gym the exact gym alone so they can come and get me that is the dumbest thing we saw what just happened to PNB Rock rest in peace and that is an example of how I need to learn from the crazy horrible things that go on in pop culture because who knows a serial killer could have been watching my story you never know oh my god speaking of serial killers People have been commenting on my appearance this week and have been telling me that I look like Evan Peters, which would normally be very welcome. You know, he got Emma Roberts. He's sexy. He's cute. Me and him are both basic looking white boys with curly hair. Normally, I would love that compliment, but I don't right now because everyone is talking about the fact that he's playing Jeffrey Dahmer in the new Dahmer series on Netflix and how much Evan looks like that serial killer who would kill and then eat his victims who also happened to be gay. So if I start getting compared to Jeffrey Dahmer, I might just have to Jeffrey Dahmer myself. But anyway, let's get into what juicy topics we're going to talk about today. We're spilling a lot of tea, but a lot of more lighthearted stuff, honestly, but really great life lessons that we can learn from them. So first, we're going to talk about the whole Leah Michelle cannot read scandal and her response to it and how I think it was the most genius response ever. And then we're going to talk about a few of the Kardashians dating lives. They have new boyfriends, new girlfriends, crazy mix-ups going on in the kardashians we're going to talk about rihanna coming back to music holy shit and headlining the super bowl a ginormous record harry styles is about to break if he can just keep it up for like three or four more weeks why ellen degeneres is being canceled again really really bad and exposing her for being basically the worst person to work with in the world and then lastly we're going to talk about the new age question it's not the age old question it's the new age question is being an influencer hard because there's a massive debate about it going on online. So we're going to get into all of that before we start. If you can just rate this podcast five star on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you're already here. You may as well do so. If you can screenshot yourself listening to it and post it to your Instagram story and tag me, I'll hit you up in your DMs. It helps the podcast expand and grow. It's been growing so much, so I'm so thankful for all of you. I want to call the little group we have like the pop cult because pop culture, a group of people obsessing over something. Pop cult, I think it's cute, but Anyway, we can work on it. Without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to Pop Culture University. Take your seats. Don't tell me not to live, just sit and putter. Life's candy and the sun's a ball of butter. Don't bring around a cloud to rain on my parade. Don't tell me not to fly. Got to. If someone takes a spill, it's me and not you. Who told you you're allowed to rain on my parade? How much am I bailed out? Leah Michelle is not letting people rain on her parade anymore, including me. 
And that is because she is sick of the rumors that she cannot read. They're kind of the most iconic and hilarious rumors to ever exist that the internet loves and I don't think will ever let go of because, come the fuck on, that's hilarious that a grown woman who has had all these successful acting jobs and reading scripts and read a lot of hate about herself on Twitter two years ago, like, no does she can read. It's just so funny. And she's been really trying to combat these rumors with videos of her reading a book and tweets saying things like, "I'm thank you for sending me this tweet. I had so fun reading your tweet and then typing a message back to you, being very blatant that she can read. But really, no matter how she tried to disprove it, people just didn't care. They wanted to keep this rumor going. She could never really beat it. And yes, I'm definitely uh, partly responsible for this. My actual most viewed TikTok of all time is me convincing the whole world that Leah Michelle cannot read. It has 11 million views. So I'm so sorry, Leah, that I, you know, uh, tsunamied on your parade a little bit. I, 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 I don't really feel bad because it's just really hilarious. It's even affecting her new business venture because she's being Fanny Bryce in Funny Girl on Broadway. And there's a line in the play where Fanny Bryce has to say that she doesn't read a lot of books. So when Leah Michelle delivers that line, obviously the whole crowd erupts in laughter and gasps. Imagine not being on Twitter and being so confused why people are gasping at that line. If, if everyone's just so appalled that someone doesn't read anymore, as if literally anyone reads anymore. I actually do read. I try to read every now and then. Kanye West actually just said he never reads books because he thinks books are trying to like tell him how to think. He would rather just think for himself. Being a free thinker would be exhausting sometimes, though. It would just it would get, it would get exhausting. Can someone just think for me? Can someone read me a story? Damn. But anyway, Lee Michelle has just joined TikTok, and she is turning the tides on. The whole conspiracy theory about herself, she's no longer trying to disprove it. She's actually doing the opposite. If you can't beat them, join them. So she is feeding into it. And one of her very first TikToks that now has 13 million views is her using the Kim Kardashian sound that's like, hey, can you talk for a sec? No, I'm okay. I just want to know if it's safe here. And the caption is her saying that um, this is her calling her friend Jonathan to read her the comments on her first TikTok because she can't read. And the crowd went fucking nuts. This almost has 50,000 comments. Literally every TikToker commented saying, you win the internet, vibe check, so good. Oh my God, she's so iconic. She, We can't with her anymore. She wins. She got one over us. People were even saying that um, this made them like her 100% more. And this has won her over. And they like Leah Michelle again. And I, I, th- I just think this whole situation is so interesting just the whole mentality that goes behind this whole theory that we all know is never true from the beginning, you know? Even though I tried to convince the world of it, it was really just me telling the tea and what the theory has to do with. But at the end of the day, I was laughing in the video and people thought I was laughing at the illiterate community or people who cannot read. Who Do you, do you think I'm some monster out here trying to laugh at people who can't read the fuck? Maybe you do that if you're a freak and you would even that thought would even cross your mind. I would never laugh at any in, uh, illiterate individual. I was laughing because this is just insane, absurd. She can clearly read. But this whole situation just goes to prove that people are going to believe what they want about you no matter what. No matter how much evidence to the contrary there is. There's a concept called motivated reasoning. And basically that says that people are going to believe what they want about a certain topic because of their feelings and because they want their thoughts towards a certain person or topic to be justified. So they make up evidence, even if it's so far-fetched and just a little sliver of evidence to justify what they think. So people are are acting with motivated reasoning here over just cold hard facts because they don't like Leah Michelle. They don't like her after her whole well-deserved 2020 cancellation. And every story about her since then has been people trying to turn her into a laughing stock or trying to hate her more. Like the whole, um, she sh- why did she show Jonathan Groff her vagina thing? People wanted to make her a laughing stock at literally every turn. And even though I don't think people hate her as much anymore, you know, she seems to be doing better now. She's been seeing more success with 
Funny Girl and Fanny Bryce. Clearly, brands are open to working with her again because she got this lead role two years ago. That was not the case. I think she has won some fans back by apologizing and changing her behavior. But let's be honest, she'll probably never win everyone back. And people are going to keep making fun of her and coming up with reasons to laugh at her, especially this whole illiteracy rumor. It's going to go on forever. She could read Shakespearean novels in front of the Oscars and people would still think she can't read. So she really only had one choice left, and that was to just laugh at herself and show the bullies that no one is going to continue to rain on her parade. And look what happened right after she right after she decides to laugh at herself and join the you know hate train of herself almost. Um, people say I like you more now. This won me over. So I think what we can really learn from this situation is that don't spend your life trying to prove yourself to people because guess what? They're going to believe what they want about you anyway. They don't, you could give them the most cold, hard facts. That glove can fit your hand like it did for OJ Simpson, red handed. You can give them the most cold, hard stone facts about why you are not what they say you are. It doesn't matter. They're going to believe what they want. So they really only win though. If you let them see that they control your emotions and it really gets to you, that's going to fuel them. They're going to keep going, keep spinning a narrative about you. But once you show them that they don't affect you and they don't affect your emotions and you can just laugh it off and not care anymore, that's when they back off and let you live. And the perception of who you truly are comes through. Period, Leah Michelle. Now go be Fanny Bryce with that voice of yours because you people can say what they want about you, bitch. Maybe you're a bitch, but you are so talented. I'll never see that show on Broadway, though. You know why? I'd have to sell a fucking kidney. It's like $3 million for a decent seat. And it's not like you can do a Broadway show in a stadium like Beyonce. You have to do it in these theaters. What's the capacity? Not enough. I'll let the hardcore gleeks take those tickets. Anyway, now let's move on to some crazy turns in the Kardashians' dating life. Some of them really excite me. Some of them really confuse me. The first one I want to talk about is that Kim Kardashian, you know, she's single again. She dropped Pete off at the homeless shelter. She's done with him. Maybe he was smoking too much weed, saying too much weird shit to her. That whole branding thing and trying to get her kids' names, you know, tattooed on him was freaking her out a little. And I think she's justified in that thought. Now Kim said she wants to date someone who's more level-headed than her past exes, which I think will... I, You know what? I didn't even think about that. That is... That's the way to go. Kim K to me just seems like such an entertainer industry woman. She wants to be with another famous person. It's kind of like her career depends on it. You know, Kim K can't drop another album to stay relevant. I mean, she could, but we we saw what happened with Jam Turn It Up. Turn me up, turn me up, turn me, turn me, turn me up. Yeah, 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 yeah. We saw what happened with that. So Kim can't drop albums. She has to drop new boyfriends to stay relevant. She has to drop new drama. So it's surprising to me that she says she doesn't want to date anyone famous anymore. She wants to date someone who's a scientist, a neuroscientist, a biochemist, doctor, or an attorney. Now, an attorney, I kind of understand they both, you know, would go to law school, can talk about indictments and hearsay or whatever the fuck. But a doctor or neuroscientist, I don't know if I really see that. Both of them are so busy. And then when they're off of the job, they probably want to like talk about their lives, what's been going on. I just don't see... Kim being able to have a conversation with the doctor or the doctor really being interested in what Kim has to say. Like, what what would they bond over? Would Kim say, I can, like, do the makeup on your patient if, if you accidentally kill them for their casket? Kim dating a plastic surgeon, I could see for sure, but maybe this is, like, an ignorant viewpoint of mine, but I feel like if you're going to marry someone and you you should really have a lot in common with them and really share a similar passion. So the fact that they just come from two opposite worlds, Kim and a doctor, I don't know if they would click the best and it would last the longest. One guy, actually, who I really liked, like, I liked him so much. Um, I flew, like, across the country to go see this person, and then I get there and I meet him. I mean, we've met before. He He moved, so I went to go see him. And then, you know, I'm across the country and we're talking and he's like, by the way, we can never date because he gave a few reasons. But he was also like, I need someone who's in the medical field like I am because he was a doctor. And obviously what I do is nowhere near medicine. So he just kind of broke that to me. Do you see how I'm getting triggered? I, 
I, in in my head, I I hope that he really was just saying that because that's what he really thinks, or maybe that was his way of just telling me he's not interested in me. But I feel like that does make sense. I would want someone who shares a really great passion of mine at least a little bit so we can talk about it and express that but the gag is is that kim actually said she wants you know one of those medical field men medical doctor daddies on the uh, kelly and ryan show and after she said that she's apparently getting a bunch of notes and dms from men in those fields that are reaching out to her and wanting to take her on dates so this will be very interesting um the way Kim has the best options in the whole world, I would love to see what these DMs say and who she responds to and like what her criteria is. So looking forward to that. I wish Kim the best and love and I hope she finds a man that will not post their private DMs and text if they have the smallest disagreement and then call her mom Kim Jong-un and tell the whole world she has diarrhea way more than a normal person. You know, I, I just hope all of those uh, simple pleasures for her. Let's move on to someone that Kanye West could potentially be dating now and that is Candace Swanepold. I hope I'm saying her name right, but if you don't know who Candace is, go Candace, go. If you recognize the phrase go Candace, or I think that was a TikTok sound too, but she was one of the most iconic Victoria's Secret models of all time. And there's a video of her opening the show and the producer's like, go Candace, to make it so professional and dramatic. Um, but she's a skinny legend. She's really good at walking simultaneously while wearing lingerie in a straight line. So that's a really, you know, important skill. Not everyone can do that. But truly, she was one of the biggest Victoria's Secret models ever. She got to wear, what it's, what's it called? The fantasy bra. The fantasy bra. Uh, I want to wear the fantasy bra. She got to wear that, that every girl would like kill their firstborn child and dog and grandma for. So her ass and anus is really famous. Kanye is now dating her, apparently. Entertainment Tonight reported a few days ago, and said that Kanye and Candace are dating and their relationship is new. They like each other and are happy with how things are going so far. They've connected over fashion and creativity. Kanye is about Candace. So that's kind of tea because Candace is really one of those women who, I mean, in my opinion, Kim is the biggest icon of the world. She is our days, Marilyn Monroe and Jackie Kennedy all at the same time. I think girls a hundred years down the line are going to have posters of Kim in their bedroom and want to be like, you know, the next generation's Kim. So no no woman, I think, can compare to Kanye. He really fucked up losing her. But Candace is one of those women that are definitely up there and could definitely make him sweat a little bit if she really did feel this way. And Cam and Kim and Candace actually just worked together for a Skims campaign. So like, what the hell is that? Girl code, you're going to be in my fashion shoot and then be with my ex-husband a week later? No loyalty in LA, I swear. But, upsettingly, unfortunately, um, it was just a PR stunt. Kanye and Candace are not together. It was confirmed a few days after. Um, someone said that they are just together for promotional stuff and they collaborate well together and bond over fashion. Anything beyond a working relationship is not true. They are not involved romantically. She's another one of his muses. And Kanye kind of um, confirmed that to one of his sources so I love that Kanye was basically just like, nah, like this is a PR stunt. That ruins the whole point of the PR stunt. You're not supposed to tell everyone if it's a PR stunt, but Kanye basically did that. And she was just in like a Yeezy or one of his line campaigns. So it makes sense. She'll definitely get him suppressed and she's sexy. So maybe they can have some PR sex while they're at it. But anyway, oh my God, speaking of PR sex. Ooh, okay, Khloe Kardashian, one of the women in the world who've been through, I think some of the worst trial and tribulations maybe ever. I'm kidding when I say that, but you know, she's really been dogged by men in her life over and over and over and made to look stupid over and over. I mean, the shit Lamar put her through and then Tristan, she really can never have a break with a good guy. No wonder Chloe's the funniest one. All that fucking trauma. No, does she had to revert to some crazy humor on the show. Kim really needs to thank her for everything Chloe brought to the show. Damn, her life, you know, falls apart before the camera and Chloe makes everyone laugh. That's why she wins favorite reality star at the E People's Choice Awards every year, I swear. But anyway, Chloe could finally be getting her karma, her good karma back to her because she is reported to be dating um, the man from the, and when I say the man, he is the man 
from 365 on Netflix. I don't know if you've seen that, but it is basically the most P-O-R-N you can get on Netflix without, you know, having to confirm that you're 18 before you watch and have it behind a like 18 plus entry wall. It is like XXX. It is such a good movie. I, I really can't say enough good things about that film. It made me feel happy and sad and it was actually in a different language. So it didn't make me feel happy, sad or excited because of the words, just because of me being happy, seeing this sexy, gorgeous Italian man. And then me being sad because I realized I cannot have him, but I, I watched that whole movie, did not know a thing that was going on, but I didn't care. There's this wonderful scene on a boat where there's like a bird's eye view shot of him just going to town on a woman. I'll stop though. But anyway, he's the most sexy Italian man. His name is, is it Michael Monroe? No. I don't, oh my God. Let me go look up how to pronounce this. Oh, thank God I looked it up. It's pronounced Michele Morone. And he's so fine. We don't know if they're dating yet. They've kind of just been seen together. Maybe they're just hanging out. But they took some pretty steamy pics at Kim's Chow Kim event in Italy that the whole family was at. And I'm just saying she should have kids with him. If she's going to have kids with Tristan Thompson and, you know, she just wants to use men for their sperm at this point, use him. He is so fine. I would die for him. So I'm so happy for Chloe. She deserves a sexy man. You should watch that movie and you should look up photos of him on his Instagram. That's like my type. And I call him, by the way. If you ever see him in person, give him my phone number. Don't give him yours. Oh my God, do you want to know the most embarrassing thing that happened to me this week? So I have like multiple accounts on Instagram. One, two screenshot photos of people I'm stalking. One is just my normal um, Instagram. And then another is my thirst Instagram where I just follow thirst trappers. As I said last episode, I accidentally gave an agent in LA. I gave him my phone while I was logged into my thirst trap viewing Instagram. And I had to promptly tell him to unfollow that account. And I blocked him so he can't even see it. Thankfully, he still DM'd me with like a business opportunity. So it worked out. But um, where was I going with this? Oh, yeah, yeah. I followed a man who I wanted to thirst over on my normal Instagram. And I didn't really think anything of it. I was like, I don't feel like switching my accounts right now. I'll follow him on my thirst account later. So I just followed him on, on my normal. And then 10 minutes later, I get a DM from him. He has like a lot of followers, by the way. I get a DM from him that says, oh my God, you're from TikTok. I love your TikTok. The fact that you followed me is sending me. This is so funny because he knows I'm just there to, to goo and gaw at him. And now he could blow up my spot, you know, who I'm thirsting over. And I really understand that I am not the most famous, but even with that amount of followers, I it's it's just too awkward. It's too embarrassing. The fact that he knows me and he said he watches my TikTok all the time and now he knows that I think he's hot. Like I'm embarrassed. I it's I'm almost like turning I'm turning red. I'm shy. I'm embarrassed that he now knows this about me. Now when I make a TikTok, I'm gonna be thinking if he's gonna see it and if I'm gonna impress him and I I wish I just didn't know all this you know so that's why I have another account and you guys should make other accounts as well because it's just so awkward Oh my God, did you guys see that a truck full of sex toys and vibrators fell over on a highway somewhere in America and the vibrators and dildos and cock rings just spilled all over the highway and some news reporter, (laughs) some people who were like in a news like building like news station reporting from the anchoring desk were like on the live stream with him being like, hey reporter, what's there? Can you tell us what's on the scene? And the reporter that was on the scene was like, uh, I, I, I don't know if I can tell you what's what's on the scene. It was the funniest thing, though. You guys should, like, look up the video of it. If I was the reporter on the scene, I would love that. I would describe it in detail. I'd be like, this one is nine inches and has realistic veins on it. I would take that one. I would put it in 
my purse. I would like steal seven of them. I'm I'm kidding. Just kidding. I'm not kidding. I need like, maybe I'm touch deprived. I don't know. I'm clearly feeling some type of way today. Anyway, let's talk about what we're going to talk about next. <laughs> Duh. And it's that Rihanna is headlining the Super Bowl. Ah! Can you believe it? How long has it been? Like, it's worse than the drought going on in California. Rihanna not making music. It's been like seven years since she put out an album. I was 15 the last time Rihanna put out an album. Now I'm 22. And while I did love her songs back then, I didn't really appreciate them as much as I can now. I was like 11 years old singing, Sex in the air, I don't care, I love the smell of it. While I was wearing a regular show t-shirt and eating my seventh Lunchable of the day. Now I'm an Instagram baddie and (laughs) appreciate them so much more. And I'm on my adult shit. So it's funny that all the songs she's going to perform are going to be nostalgia because she literally doesn't have any new songs. Like there's no way she's going to perform something that is recent unless she drops a new song. That'd be great. But it's really just going to be a nostalgia filled performance. And I think it's going to make a lot of people so happy. She announced it with a tweet and it had, 2 million likes already. I don't know if that's a record, but people are so excited for her. They go so hard for her. And it really just proves that if you're that good of an artist and you left that much of an impact, you can take as long as a break as you want. And people will always want you back because like, damn, she's irreplaceable as fuck. There's been so many new pop girls, hip hop girls that have come through the scene and no one, very few girls have the demand that Rihanna has. They actually, apparently, allegedly asked taylor swift to perform first which is you know a a little tea i don't know how i feel about that oh you want miss swift miss swiffer over here to go before me am i like a second choice that's kind of what i would feel taylor swift turned it down she said no they're the super bowl you need her she doesn't need you super bowl because she wants to finish re-recording her albums before she performs I mean, that's great news to me because now we get Rihanna and we know we're getting all the other re-recordings sometime relatively soon. Amazing. Um, so everyone was tweeting about Rihanna coming back and, you know, giving us a performance. She's such a great live performer, too. I'm going to be screaming, flinging my wrist, my gay wrist all around the TV, jumping and saying gay slurs and languages in front of my whole straight extended family and it's gonna be so awkward but so amazing because we always have a super bowl party at my house we actually still have some of our super bowl decorations up from super bowl 2020 so but i'm gonna be fagging out in front of the camera while all my straight uncles just look at me in disappointment but i can't wait for that but these are some of the tweets about rihanna coming back to the super bowl i think they're so funny someone said having a child is so expensive rihanna gone back to work (laughs) Rihanna about to announce Fenty Sports. You guys aren't getting another album. <laughs> Everyone's joking that she's going to do like a 15 minute long makeup tutorial. I think it'd be kind of fierce if she turned it into a fashion show of sorts and really showed off her savage Fenty. I think that'd be hot. I think that'd be cool. And you can still have a really cool performance with that. She can show off her brands. if She just does it in a smart way. Someone else said Rihanna's going to have to Google her lyrics to learn them again. <laughs> Someone said Rihanna leaving the Super Bowl stage after explaining all the new Fenty products coming in 2024. This one says, not now, baby. Rihanna, the singer, is back. And it's a picture of the uh, Sim sitting on their computer while their baby's on while their baby's on fire. Anyway, I love them. All those tweets are so funny. Twitter was really in a frenzy after this. Something really fucked up that the NFL announced, by the way, is that it's likely that she's going to have to share the stage with someone like Shakira had to do with J-Lo which to me is the most bizarre thing in the whole world. Obviously, their halftime show is amazing, and it was super successful. I think it was the most viewed ever. So they probably want to like repli- replicate that success of those two fierce, iconic women that did it last time. They could have done it by themselves. J-Lo was pissed about it. She says, why do we have to split the time? We both have good enough careers. Men don't traditionally have to split their time in the Super Bowl. They gave Adam Levine's cheating ass... 15 minutes by himself with Maroon 5 and they didn't give J-Lo and Shakira their own sets really fucked up to me but it's just crazy because I don't see Rihanna sharing the stage with anyone at all simply for the fact that she holds the record or not the record but 
very close to the record of having the most number one hits ever. She has 14 number one hits and 31 top 10 hits. She has so many options. Rihanna can't afford to share the stage with someone. She needs double the time for herself. Her time can't be cut in half. What the fuck? She has far too many options. She could bring out guests here or there. That could be cute. But truly, I don't know who she would even bring out. I don't see Drake coming out because I don't even know if they're friends anymore. Rihanna clearly distanced herself from him. I don't see Eminem coming out because he was at the show last year and kind of did some of his hits. I think we need a Bad Gal Riri performance and that is it. I I, I need the good girl gone bad, loud, anti, all, all of it. I need all those Rihannas combined into one and just the most iconic Rihanna performance of all time. I want the strip club, pimp, sex and money, ringleader of the Bad Girls Club Rihanna that we know. So if I were to choose what song she was going to do, this is what it would be. So the first half of her show would just just be all of her strip club, shoot a bitch, fuck bitches get money songs, like pour it up, S&M, sex with me, bitch better have my money, shut up and drive, kiss it better, work, wild thoughts. Imagine the boners she would invoke if she performed all those songs from these creepy men watching it would be so iconic and then i and then for the second half of the show i want her to slow it down a bit because she really does have amazing bangers ballad bangers like love on the brain must be love on the brain take a bow i love take a bow oh it's so good unfaithful because i know that he knows i'm unfaithful and it kills him inside that's probably adam levine's favorite song and then I think she should end with like Diamonds or something. Because Diamonds, it's not my favorite Rihanna song. I think it's really amazing. But people just really revere that song by her so much. So I feel like she's going to end with that. Or she could leave room for a new song. I think that'd be so amazing. I think her comeback is long overdue. But it makes sense for her to come back now. Her businesses are grown. They're built. She did so good with them. She was able to focus on them. You know, the pandemic is over. She had her baby. It's a little bit older now. I feel like now's the time when Rihanna can really get back into music. And I pray that this Super Bowl performance really in reignites her love for music that she once had that clearly wasn't burning very bright for the last few years. I hope it just lights a fire under her ass and reminds her why she loves it when she's performing up there. She just has the best time and wants to give us another album cycle and performances and tour because we miss it so much she's one of the most irreplaceable performers of all time and i'm just praying this makes rihanna want to come back to us finally after so long but what can we learn from rihanna finally coming back i think what we can learn for our own lives from this is just that it's never too late you're never too old to get back to what you were doing when you were younger it's not too late to fall back in love with an old passion of yours that used to make you so excited and happy if it made you happy but it got away from you because of work or kids. You know, that happens a lot. It's never, ever too late to pick it back up and take it on again, conquer it and be just as good, if not better than you were when you were younger and fall in love with it again. It's never too late for that. Imagine having to miss the show because you have to go huddle with your teammates and talk about what you're going to do in the next half. That's so lame. I would like quit. I'd be pissed if I was going to the Super Bowl this year. Anyway, let's move on. Someone else who's taking over music right now. Harry Styles. Harry Styles. So Harry's kind of been through it lately. As you know from this podcast, his good publicity kind of ran out. You know, it can't go on forever. He was kind of spiraling, getting dragged a little bit for the Don't Worry Darling drama. And then his comments about gay sex in the movie and just a few other things. But things would be really looking up for him because he's four weeks away from breaking one of the biggest records in music of all time. So I don't know if you guys know this, but the Billboard Hot 100, a lot of people talk about charts, but that is the number one chart that counts the most. When people say this person has that many number one hits, they're not talking about iTunes. They're not talking about any other like random like radio chart. They're talking about Billboard. That is what everyone looks to to kind of determine success because it's in uh, cumulative chart. It counts YouTube and streams and radio and sales and everything all into one. So it's the most accurate. And obviously, the biggest record you can break on that chart is having your song number one for the longest. It's like being the world heavyweight champion or whatever at WWE. You want to 
reign as the champion for the longest. And that means you're the baddest bitch of all time. So right now, the record for the longest reigning number one on the Hot 100 is Old Town Road by Lil Nas X for 19 weeks. That was kind of a controversial W for him because everyone just thought it was due to the remixes that he was dropping and it wasn't authentically number one. He just kept putting out new versions so the song wouldn't lose his hype. And that's true. He definitely hacked the charts there a little bit. But ever since having that record, I think it's given Lil Nas X this accolade that has made probably the music industry itself and the public respect him a lot. So I think he had to do what he had to do to stand out, you know? And I respect him for that. Number two is Desposito and One Sweet Day. They're tied for both uh, 16 weeks at number one. And then Harry Styles is now this week at his 15th week. So he just needs one more week to tie for second place. And then four more weeks to tie for first place. The longest reigning number one of all time as it was. Come on, Harry, we got to say goodnight to you. Imagine being that baby and everyone's just like hearing your voice. That baby needs to start pimping itself out. You know, make a TikTok or something. Be like, I'm the baby from the Harry Styles song. Love me. Obsess over me. Pick me. But anyway, he just needs a few more weeks and he could really take that king of pop title. Because how are you going to argue with him after these two last giant eras that he has? Is Shawn Mendes doing what he's doing? No. Is Post Malone doing it? No. Is Justin doing it? I think maybe they're the closest competition, but still no. The other week he got called like the new king of pop as though he was like taking over for Michael Jackson and people were really mad about that and saying that there's no way he could ever. But if he gets this alkylate, I could see them changing their mind. So good luck to Harry. Zayn is still the hottest member of One Direction though. Don't forget that. He'll never have that alkylate. My mom got me a water bottle when I hit 2 million followers because she's cute like that and is literally like my biggest fucking fan. But it says Patty Pop Culture on it in the boldest, like, pinkest, gayest letters. And I, I think it's so fierce. I think it's not narcissistic because, like, I didn't buy it for myself. And I walk around the gym, like, swinging it in a circle. And it just says my name on it. I, I know all the chads and brads are so mad. They're so mad. There's a bunch of, like, weird young kids at my gym who work out without shirts on it's so odd like i i was just there and they were doing it again i don't need to see be seeing your 13 year old physique i put it away where are your parents go home it's it's weird i would never do that i have way too much trauma for that but anyway let's move on to someone else who has major trauma from being a child and that is grace and chance now this is a crazy story and it has to do with ellen degeneres she is not the generous queen, contrary to what Nicki Minaj said about her. Ellen DeGeneres, the De, Ellen DeGeneres slut. That's who she is. So anyway, Grace and Chance was this like young YouTube star back in the day, right after Justin Bieber rose to fame off of YouTube. He was kind of doing the same thing. This Grayson boy, he got famous for covering paparazzi by Lady Gaga. So like every gay boy's dream. And he was, you know, blowing up in the internet space. And then Ellen invited him to be on his show. And Ellen, apparently at this time, I think this was like 2010 or something, probably like 2012, because after Justin Bieber was already established, Ellen wanted to be a mogul, apparently. So she started a record company. Wait, what's it called? A record label. She started a record label and signed Grace and Chance. That was her first artist because, you know, Ellen loves discovering people off the internet acting like she made them famous and bring them onto her show to act like she's a good person you know we've seen her do that throughout the years but ellen basically promised this young singer that it was going to be amazing she was gonna protect him because she's the kind lady in the industry and she can rely on him and she's not going to let these evil label execs get their hands on him she knows the business and she'll promote him and make him famous and he'll be protected and he would be just as famous as Justin Bieber and they would ride off into the sunset, both of them making so much money and his career was just starting. He was so excited, but that was not the case. It was actually awful. He said that the mask behind Ellen was just pulled and who he thought was going to be this like guardian angel of his who's going to discover him and give him the life he always wanted was actually as he described her, the most controlling and insanely manipulative person 
he has ever met. I don't know if you guys remember him. I do remember him. I thought he was so cute. I thought his voice was great. And I kind of just forgot about him over time. I guess this is why. But he opened up about her in a Rolling Stones interview. And he said that this is the first time I've been honest about her. And this is the last time I want to talk about it. I've never met someone more manipulative, more self-centered, and more blatantly opportunistic than her. Whoa. Holy shit. I can't believe he said that about her. Bro, this fucking sucks for Ellen. It's like after she's finally starting to recover from the scandal of the workplace conditions, she's now getting this being called the most self-centered, blatantly opportunistic person ever. That's not good for her. Her whole brand as the kind lady is really a sham. I feel like a lot of celebrities like brands are just projections of the opposite of who they are. Not everyone. I think a lot of people are good people in the industry, but for example, like Ellen, the kind lady. And then another example is like JLo, I'm real. But Jayla doesn't even sing her own songs. And she's always like, I'm real, blah, blah, blah. She's not. Anyway, he went on to describe why, you know, it was so horrible working for her. And he said, my whole week, whole month, whole year could change just within one volatile text message from her. It was horrible. If she had an opinion of any sort, the whole thing changed. She would be super controlling. She would come in and look at a rack, yell at stylists, berate people in front of me and say, this is what you're wearing on the show? Damn, she was some tyrannical, evil-ass bitch. Damn. But still, she would always tell him how, you know, you're going to follow in the career footsteps of Justin Bieber, who he was really compared to a lot. I remember they both had that just, like, young, bright, promising talent, charismatic image to them. Super similar. But he recalled an incident where Ellen became angry with him for not watching an advanced released copy of justin bieber's never say never documentary and then called his mother to berate her about it over the phone he said that i just remember hearing her on the other side of the phone yelling and beratement and she said to his mom what type of mother are you do you realize that i went out of my way to get this for you and he can't even sit down and watch it she wants him to like study justin bieber to be so inauthentic and just copy him and like replace him almost and copy the justin bieber formula so she can make some money off of him she sounds like that evil uh like record label owner from big time rush who would like terrorize the four boys that was her in real life and that i I feel like that character like really suits her maybe maybe oh my god maybe she was based he was based off of ellen i could see it but anyway she sounds like the people in the industry that people warn you about that may seem like they're nice on the tv screen but they're not behind the scenes she seems like that type of person and then this was the worst of all in 2012 grayson's music and ticket sales began to underperform a little bit so ellen's record label completely dropped him along with his public of his publicist and management team and he said that ellen completely abandoned him and he couldn't get a hold of her at all she wouldn't talk to him at all and whenever he would go on the show it was just such a fake smile she wouldn't even ask how are you doing how are you holding up it was just like here's what we're going to talk about We'll see you there. And then she basically didn't contact him for seven years. And then he came out of the closet and, you know, went on her show to talk about coming out of the closet. And then she tried to take credit for his coming out journey. He just felt like she was trying to take credit for his journey to discovering who he is. And he said that she had nothing to do with that. I hadn't spoken to her in years. It's so messed up. And that you're now showing the world as if we were so tight and you helped me through this because Ellen is this like LGBT icon. He just said that that was not the case at all. And behind the scenes, she's just this evil manipulative person. And after all these allegations against her, it's hard not to believe that she is, you know, an unkind fake manipulative person. And it's really, and it is really this disenchanting thing. This woman that we've all looked up to, especially if you're also in the LGBT community or just like the general public who thought she could be the, one part of kindness in their day when they watch their show it's really disappointing that she's not that person who she claims to be and it does sound like she's an opportunist she used her brand to build an opportunity to build a show she uses people's misfortunes to promote on her show and then she takes opportunity from a young up-and-coming singer who she thinks has a lot of talent and then once he is not as successful as she would like him to be and not making money off of him she just drops him it's really evil and i'm happy ellen is off the air she probably doesn't care that she's being exposed though because she doesn't give a fuck about grayson and her show's over she doesn't really have anything to lose anymore but 
Anyway, what can we learn from Ellen's opportunism? I think we can learn that if you don't want someone at their worst, then you don't deserve them at their best. Don't be a gross leech who just tries to leech off of someone's success or cloud chasing or anything and being a fake. Because how would you guys like it if when you're out at your best and you're looking your best, you have all this fake love from people and people who you think are your real friends. And then the second something goes bad, everyone just leaves you. I think we can learn to try to resist being people like that to other people in our lives and ask yourself, do I really just like this person? Am I really there for them? Or am I just being attracted by what I feel like I can get from them and do not be that type of person and look out for people like that in your own life who are doing that to you. I definitely do that and, you know, keep receipts of it all. Okay, now comes time in the show where I want to ask, ask the new age question, is being an influencer hard? It seems like everyone is talking about it these days, especially in the last few years when the number of influencers has gone up. Everyone wants to do it. It's the most like sought after job now. Little kids in classrooms, my sister's a teacher and she'll ask them what they want to do when they grow up instead of saying that they want to be on television or an actor an astronaut or a professional sports player, they all say that they want to be an influencer. The influencer lifestyle is now under the microscope, even maybe more than celebrities right now. Influencers are scrutinized so much. They could say one wrong thing and their whole career can be over. They have to really walk on eggshells because the internet is so eager and ready to attack. And I feel like people see these days that People are only famous if we let them be famous. Whereas before, people just thought famous people were in the hands of the machine in Hollywood. And even if we didn't like them, they were going to be famous. The viewer now understands that they pick and choose who can be an influencer. And if you say one thing wrong, you're done. And that includes saying, I guess, the sentence or the opinion that their job is hard. That being an influencer is hard. And complaining to their followers about it. That's seen, seen as a crime it's seen as treason and a criminal offense enough to cancel someone and if you guys don't know what's going on in tiktok right now a tiktoker by the name of michaela noguera i believe is her name she is a uh, beauty influencer she has 13.6 million followers so she's really up there where she's doing these major brand collaborations her face is in sephora she has her own product lines coming out she's very famous uh you might know her from her accent she she tacks like this she has a really thick new york accent it's almost funny and she talks about makeup but her personality really shines through as well but now this week a two-year-old clip of michaela on a live chat came to the surface and she is clapping back at someone who is undermining how hard she works to build this platform of her and what this platform of hers and what she does in a day and she says into the camera after reading this person's comment she says you try being an influencer for a day try it i would like to see you try it's hard she said that she was at work from the early morning and she just stopped working at about 5 p.m so it seems like she had like a 12-hour day or something you know i'm feeling like a fucking asshole today so um i'm gonna clap back at people because i'm tired i'm so tired every single day I get up at 6 a.m. I spend about five to six hours filming video content that ranges from three to four videos, and I spend a few hours editing that video content. Then I have to work on my other social media profiles, whatever it may be, Instagram, whatever. It's fucking marketing. Then I'm in meetings from 12 to 5. I literally just finished working. It's 519. Try being an influencer for a day. Try it. Because the people who say it's easy are so far out of their minds, try it for a day. It is not for everybody. In fact, it's for a very small handful of people who can actually do this job. Because it's absolutely fucking insane. You do not want to have this job. I'm just saying. And that right there 
was enough to send people off. When they see a video of you saying that into the camera, almost like mocking your followers for this job that they have given you, they were canceling her boots the house down. She has already lost 100,000 followers on TikTok. She went from 13.6 million to now 13.5 million. And people have not only been attacking her for her comment about being an influencer is hard, but now they have for some reason decided that it is warranted to bully her for her appearance, for her face, her body. They are saying that her accent is fake. They are saying she uses too many filters. They're posting videos of screen recordings of them going to unfollow her. It's like a whole James Charles thing all over again. They're really bullying the shit out of her right now. And I've seen so many videos just on my For You page of people giving their take on the situation. And a lot of people have different sides of this opinion. Is it hard? Is it not? But the general consensus, at least, is that you should not, not under any circumstance, be bullying people and telling them that they should unalive themselves over something that was this unserious. Some people deserve to be canceled for what they do. Of course, some people deserve to never have a platform again, but this offense was not nearly enough for people, hundreds of thousands of people to team up on her, post videos of them unfollowing her, telling other people that they should do the same and never watch her content ever again and just be malicious trolls and assholes to her. And above it all, Michaela is very open about her mental health right now, especially. She's always been. Um, I don't know how long I've been watching her. I've definitely seen her for a while, though. My mom actually introduced me to her first because she really likes her. And my sister was getting married and she, my mom isn't the best at makeup. So she was looking up tutorials and she really liked Michaela's tutorials. So my mom is actually the one who showed me Michaela first. But right now, Michaela has been dealing with um, mental health issues, especially bad. Just two weeks ago, she said, quote, this is the worst I've ever felt mentally ever. Her mental health has never been worse than it is right now. And uh, looking back now, it's like, oh, damn, this is the worst time for you to be on the cusp of your worst mental health episode ever. And then on the cusp of you getting canceled. People are really worried that people are taking it too far in their cancellation of her and she might do something that she cannot reverse if you know what I'm saying and she hasn't posted no one's been hearing from her and people are very worried for her including me I think she's such a kind soul and I don't think that she was acting out of malintent to try to put people down who aren't influencers or who maybe she was trying to like be like you don't get being an influencer because you don't have followers i don't think she was trying to say that to people i don't think she would ever because that's just not the type of person she is i think she's very sympathetic and empathetic to people's mental health and she would never bully someone so the fact that she's receiving this dumpster load of hate is making me so upset and i think if you guys see someone bullying her you should report them you should say something to them. I've reported a few people just because of the nasty shit that I've seen them say. People who are making TikToks of them, unfollowing her, I've reported all of them because there's really just no space for that anymore. And apparently, Michaela left a comment on Jaclyn Hill, another beauty influencer's Instagram, like two years ago or something, or four years ago, something along those lines, that said, she said to Jaclyn, basically along the lines of oh you just get to sit in your house and make youtube videos about makeup all day like how hard could it be so kind of saying the same thing that michaela's followers are now saying to her now so that's another reason that they're piling on her saying that she's changed and she's lost touch and she's such a different person now i don't think it shows that she's a different person now i just think it shows that you don't understand the work it takes to be an influencer until you are an influencer and you really see what it takes and everything that goes behind the scenes this is kind of comparable to when Kim Kardashian was like, get up off your ass and work. And she got so much hate for that, where she even had to say something and apologize to people. And that's so against what the Kardashians normally do. So that was wild. And Kim, um, she was doing a Vogue interview and she was talking about how it's hard to produce content for her Instagram. And she was like, it looks really easy, but it is not easy at all. It's extremely time consuming. I forgot the line. It was like a TikTok sound though. But anyway, I think we should now talk about the whole conversation of is it hard or not? So let's start with the side of the argument that it is hard to be an influencer or why people may think it is hard. And 
yes, I guess I do content creation full time. I guess I am an influencer. I I kind of consider myself like influencer adjacent. I'm kind of like a a famous blog, as to say. I'm not showing every side of myself and every side of my personality in my daily videos, if that makes sense. I'm kind of giving my commentary, but nothing crazy personal. But I feel like I still have enough of a perspective to just on the influencing world to give my opinion on this. So in Michaela's defense, I think being an influencer can be what someone may describe as hard. I don't know if that's the word I would describe for it, but of course, there's a lot of taxing, time-consuming, um, just frustrating things about it. For example, it's mentally exhausting. It's creatively exhausting. Do you know the feeling of like that weird mental exhaust you get after writing a paper and having to think of what to write for like six pages. I have that every day. You're creatively trying to squeeze yourself out every single day just to keep up the content. And I know that other creators talk about this because when like I see them on my uh, like friends only post, I see what they're talking about. And a lot of people say that too. They just feel creatively exhausted. Um, You do give up the nine to five job, but that then translate into there not being a glass ceiling on how many hours you can work. And a lot of influencers seem to agree that you work 24 hours a day. In my experience, I I definitely from the time I wake up to the time I go to bed, if I'm not working on my content, like physically filming, physically trying to write out outlines and editing, I'm at least thinking about what I'm going to do next. So I definitely think that is a part why it can be challenging. Um, you are a slave to algorithms. You can't just have the most creative freedom. You have to kind of like rewire your content and rewire your brain every month or so to try to keep up with the algorithms. If you stop, your bag stops. You know, you can't stop. You can't stop going hard. Whereas some jobs you can kind of just like not give your 100% um, at your day-to-day job and be fine if that makes sense. But You can't really not give your all every day or else your bag could potentially stop. You have to be extremely self-disciplined and your hard work is often discredited. And that can be very frustrating because even in my experience, like people will, if I say I didn't post today and I'm so upset, people will be like, why didn't you post? Like how long can it possibly take? And I'm like, oh my God, they don't get it. Like it takes a long time to get out one video. And it's very frustrating when people just think you're lazy Um, and it's just mentally exhausting from the hate you get. You get hundreds of thousands of people not agreeing with you and yes, you can block them, but no one's brain is accustomed to receiving hate on that kind of scale and your whole life is just scrutinized. I don't really experience that compared to these other people. So I'm not going to say I can like pretend that I do, but it's very mentally exhausting for a lot of people. I think if a lot of us went through what James Charles has gone through, it would have ended in a different way. If you know what I'm saying, I think people have to be very strong but still i don't think even after saying all of this i think it's silly to say influencing is harder than other jobs i think sure you can describe it as hard and you can vent a bit but it's definitely not harder than a normal job real jobs are much harder just because of the concept that the work isn't equal to the payout like the payout of being an influencer is much more and I think people who do quote-unquote normal jobs deserve a bigger payout but at the end of the day that's why it's just incomparable that you can say being an influencer is not or is harder it's absolutely not because you're doing a lot of work but the payout is so huge I'm not saying necessarily for me but some people I know I mean I've gotten a five-figure check for a brand deal other people are getting these huge checks so the fact that they would complain or ever feel like like woe is me is just crazy to me and beyond me. Most influencers have had a normal job at one point. I've had a normal job and they understand the struggles of both. So it's weird when an influencer would complain. It's like, oh, would you rather go back to your old job? Is that what you want? So I totally understand why people are frustrated. At a normal job, you have to wake up early and you're stuck in a job that you maybe don't like and you're treated bad by customers that you can't block by a boss in a company that you can't block by coworkers that you can't escape. You have a very strict schedule and you have to be on your feet all day and you have just, I mean, it depends what job, but you have a lot of pressure. Say 
if your someone's life is in your hands and you could potentially have poor working conditions that you can't control. And I I mentioned earlier how being a content creator can be creatively exhausting. That's not to say having a normal job can't be creatively exhausting. My biggest like wish is that teachers were just compensated a million times more because it's just, not only are you a teacher, but you're a million other things. You have to creatively come up with your lessons plans and how to get reluctant kids involved. Like when you make content, your followers are excited about it. Like these these reluctant asshole kids, like and a teaching job, they're just not excited, but you still have to be enthusiastic and get them going. So never, ever, 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 ever would I say that being an influencer is harder. Sure, it can be hard, but there's just too many privileges to ever complain. Like I said, the payout is bigger. You're your own boss. You control your own daily schedule. You can take, if you really wanted to and you feel comfortable with your success at the moment, you could take some days off. You pick and choose when you work and you get to do your passion every day, assuming that what you're making content about is something that you really love. So I think on a lot of influencers are very grateful. I'm extremely grateful and the grind is real, but it's nothing comparable. And I wish more influencers would be just thankful, grateful, and understand the situations of everyone who doesn't do the same job as them. So yes, I understand Michaela being tired and her venting and just wanting to get something off of her chest and saying that, yes, it's a hard job and I wish you would try it so you would finally understand. I think a lot of people, if they did step into the shoes of a content creator, they would be blown away by how many hours in the day it takes. And sometimes the hours in the day don't even pay off because your video flops. At least at a normal job, you know, you know you'll get paid something. And people bullying Michaela in the masses kind of proves her point a little more. It That's a really hard aspect of it. So everyone in general just needs to have empathy of each other's situations and be more gentle with each other because you don't know what they go through on a daily basis. You're the only person who truly knows what you deal with every single day and how you want to react to it and how you feel about it. And if you want to vent about that, that's your prerogative. So I think what we can learn is just having more empathy for everyone's situations and knowing that it's never okay to bully people like Michaela for just trying to find someone to confide in and vent to. And she's trying to do that to her own followers. And they turned on her. And that makes me sad for how she's being treated. So I think what we can learn from this also is that you can try to educate someone and express your disdain for one thing that they said without maliciously bullying someone and trying to tear them down. The internet seems to have completely forgotten that. They seem to have completely lost a grip with what is a real problem and what is just affecting their ego that someone said that does not line up with the the way they're reacting. You know, not every offense or internet offense warrants such a reaction. And just because you're not the influencer and you're just typing behind a screen without a profile photo doesn't mean that what you're saying isn't awful and is just not something that you should be saying at all. And I think a lot of people need to get a grip with how they're bullying people. We should have more empathy for everyone. But we can also learn from Michaela's standpoint that before you vent to someone, maybe you should be aware of their situation so you don't sound tone deaf. It's like Kim Kardashian venting about how she has like nothing to wear today to someone who's homeless, who actually doesn't have like anything to wear today. It just makes no sense. So to avoid seeming tone deaf, just be aware of who you are venting to and you don't have to call someone out to vent about your struggle if that makes sense like Michaela could have just said like oh like today was such a long day and I'm so exhausted she didn't have to say you try it you try being an influencer she didn't need to include anyone at all so you can express your grievances without pulling anyone else into it okay well thank you guys for joining me on pop culture university today after each of these episodes, I, I like black out while I'm recording them. I, like, it's funny that I just talk to myself for like an hour in my room. I think that's hilarious or in my basement. Um, but thank you for listening. I really appreciate it so much. And I hope you got some great life lessons and learned all the tea because that's the whole point of Pop Culture University. Tea. Uh, don't forget it's a Tuesday, Friday class. And I hope you guys are having an amazing week and you are making yourselves proud, you know, getting everything done that you wanted to get done and being the boss of your own life and the controller of your own life because even though it may not feel like it you do have control over your own life and anything you don't like you can 
change, rework. And if you can't, you have to learn to live with it. But what I'm saying is be the boss of your own life. And even if you maybe did not make yourself proud this week, I'm proud of you no matter what. I'm proud of you for any small step forward that you took, any small uh, productive action that you may have done. I'm proud of it all. And I'm here for you guys. And have an amazing rest of your fucking week. I will see you Friday. And yeah, make sure to uh, rate this podcast five star on Spotify, Apple Podcast. You're already here. You may as well do so. Mm, screenshot yourself listening to it. Post it to your Instagram story. Tag me to your Twitter. Tag me to your TikTok. Tag me. It helps the podcast grow. I appreciate it so much. And I will hit you guys up on whatever platform that you do it. I love talking to you guys about the tea. And um, I, I don't really know what I'm doing for the rest of the week. I haven't seen my man for like a week because I went on vacation, then he went on vacation. So maybe, maybe I'll see him. Um, I haven't seen my mom either. I miss my mom. I'm going to hang out with her tomorrow. Um, I'm going to be working on my fitness. It's like bulking season. So I get to like, you know, indulge a little bit right now. So I'm very happy about that. This Halloween candy that's already coming out is already getting me in trouble. I'm so mad about it. But I don't regret it. It's amazing. These Reese's cups. I haven't had one so long. I just had one like an hour ago and I did like hot laps. I had the zoomies. <laughs> so I'll probably just be living life, making videos and seeing people who I haven't seen in a while. But uh, yeah, I will see you guys on Friday. Oh, goodbye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.